This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. It is the start of a new season. The players are on the pitch. The preseason has kicked off. Joining me for first impressions and a look at the broad strokes of uh, what is about to come, Mr. Chris Budd and Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, mate. How are you? Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Anybody are else back, there? Are you back loading? Yep. Are you feeling fully loaded ahead of the new season? I, I am loaded, but not as loaded as uh, some of the guys who went to uh, the Stoke preseason game. Uh, I saw pictures of them drinking Stella at half nine in the morning. Uh, I never had Stella down as a breakfast beer. Um, I must admit, I bet they had a wonderful day in Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wesley was on the Stella as well. By the uh, by, by seven ju- minutes of Stella, <laughs> 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 judging by what what actually happened uh, on the pitch when he came on, uh, Mr. Mr. Shaw, I, I see or I read that you've uh, your countrymen have been breaking records uh, this week or last week. Yes, we certainly have. Not the not the good kind, especially for our PSD complexions over here. We've broken the, the the hottest day record three days in a row. So this is officially the hottest that Northern Ireland's ever been. Yeah, since records began, or like wow. like a like a Simpsons joke, the hottest day, hottest. Yeah, Apart hottest. from the troubles, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. We can't go there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, so the evidence in Northern Ireland, there is such a thing as global warming. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you don't get I mean, the, the funniest thing about it was the first place that broke the record was was quite close to me and I'd never heard of it was Bally Wattycock. Bally what? <laughs> Great name. Yeah, Bally Wattycock, exactly. That's what everyone was saying to wait they had to get in sent off Wattycock. <laughs> <laughs> Tempor- it was a temperature never been over like 10 degrees or something. No, and then the the next place it was, the, the coldest day they had was a minus 17, and then it was 30-something, so it was nearly a 50-degree difference in their hottest wow. and coldest temperature. Yeah, yeah. so it's on. Global warming, it is on. I had to wear shorts to work. That's serious. Wow. wow. How is wow, your tan, wow. by the way? It's it's not milk. It's, it's like off milk now. It's not white anymore. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I'll teach you a thing or two. Is it more like almond milk? That's a bit more yellowy, isn't it? Yeah. Think so. 
Mr. Bird, uh, how, how's you? Uh, are you still in, like, you, you, every time I speak to you, you're in splendid isolation. <laughs> I think I've isolated, <laughs> if I worked it out right, for about 16 of the last 20 days or something stupid. That's a pretty uh, good yeah, record. Well, yeah, right just war- warning end. warning to people, don't go to Nottingham because uh, it pings you every time, apparently. Yeah, I've had two gigs there. <laughs> it's just both have been a fucking disaster. Um, both pings. I'm all right, yeah, not too bad. Enjoying the uh, start of the Olympics. I, I didn't even know that was on. Uh, I knew it's it was happening. But but I, I you know, I, th- I thought, well, are they going to cancel it? What What's going on? Uh, all I hear about the Tokyo Olympics are COVID cases and people uh, not being allowed to go or because they've smoked cannabis at some point in their life. Uh, I was hoping Which to... would not enhance your performance at all, I might add. <laughs> not really. And it's a shame. Uh, the Yeah, the, the woman's 100 metre run, I was kind of looking forward to seeing her uh, run. But I'm, I must tune in. It was quite good. The, the, the opening ceremony was pretty good. Was it up there with the Chinese one or? Uh... Uh, different. It was like low key, but they did have a, like an orb that they made out of about 1800 drones that were all flying at the same time that morphed from the logo into like the shape of the earth. It was pretty impressive to be fair. Yeah, maybe maybe Stoke City should uh, have had an eye on that to put on a bit more of an event for this pre-season game. Uh, Rather than Aston 20 something thousand empty seats. Yeah, and a headbutt. <laughs> Villa Villa fans outnumbered them. Uh, well, I don't know, like three to one or something crazy. Right, moving on. Uh, coming up in the show, we will uh, catch up on the latest Villa news as usual. Go through the three points, and we're going to add something a little extra for this season. We tried to add it a few years ago, uh, and that was the idea was to take what's happening on the website, like different sections, and morph them into uh, the show. So we're going to have a little medium up. It's a quick, quick media Muppets uh, section. Hurrah! On the show. I mean, we tried it before, and we were just saying that's 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 bollocks, that's bollocks, whatever story. So we're going to make it a little bit shorter, but actually, you know, have a little bit of context. How can you make it shorter than just saying that's bollocks? But it's still bollocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a bit repetitive. Just any story. Yeah, that's bollocks. But we'll get a little bit more context. Uh, and uh, regarding uh, the main part of the show, we will be looking at. Uh, Three main themes, the Grealish situation, the kind of rough transfer picture at the moment, and uh, what we've taken so far uh, in terms of preseason insights from the Warsaw and Stoke game. And I think we'll leave it at that uh, in terms of this show as we uh, get up and running uh, underrated and overrated, but still still thinking about that, or, or if something else should replace it for the new season. Right, I think it's time for some Villa news. Two preseason games down, 4 0 against Warsaw, victory. Normally we get beat by them. Uh, well, it was a, a period of years that uh, we would Under struggle O'Neill there. We did, but then since then yeah. we always batter them, don't we? Yeah. And then uh, a 2-0 loss against Stoke. Uh, we'll talk more about those later on. Meanwhile, uh, it's, it's like the travelling salesman. Uh, Douglas Louise carries on playing. Uh, now he's... Uh playing for the Brazil Olympic team and they began with a uh, 4-2 win over Germany. I don't know what his situation is and I suppose it depends on uh, how far Brazil go and I assume they will go uh, reasonably deep into the Olympic competition. I believe if they were to get to the final, I think the final's on about the 7th. It's that week, the weekend we play Sevilla. So right. I wouldn't expect to see him back for the first you know, couple of weeks of the season. Bearing in mind he hasn't had a break in probably a year. Yeah, that's least. what I'm... Yeah. 
He's like the youngest journeyman in the world, isn't he? Take the gigs when you can get them, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he better not go to Nottingham next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's only young once. But yeah, luckily none of the Olympic Games are in Nottingham, so he should be fine. But yeah, you'd expect him to be granted a couple of weeks off, uh, I would imagine. In other news, uh, in terms of uh, loans out... You may remember him from uh, being in between the sticks against Liverpool in the FA Cup third round. Uh, Akos Anodi has joined uh, Bromsgrove Sporting on loan for the year. Just thinking anything else? Uh, I'm sure there'll be more uh, loans uh, incoming. Yeah, there'll be a few. I'm sure as the as we get closer to the start of the season, there'll be there'll be a few. A few of the academy guys are obviously uh, in the pre-season uh, set up so that gives uh, the coaching staff a chance to have a, a proper good look at them uh, to see if there's any points uh, either loaning them out or you know keeping them on the fringes of uh, the first team meanwhile uh, I mean this is a Villa podcast but I suppose you gave a shout out to Wes Edens and the Milwaukee Bucks for their uh, NBA championship first victory in 50 years when they beat the Phoenix Suns 4-2 Bucks in 6 as they uh, as the hashtag says. So that gives you a bit of context. What is possible? A team that hasn't won the title for uh, a good few decades. Building a team around a main man that they managed to keep and persuade him uh, the bigger, you know, into the bigger picture and the vision. And hey, presto. I think as Totti said uh, once, uh, winning the league title Syria with Roma is much better and sweeter than winning it 10 times for Juventus. And uh, I completely agree with that. You Absolutely. These players are just signed just to pick up trophies. It's almost like that's part of the transaction. You're not going to actually really have to go through that sporting blood, sweat and tears to get it. I'm sure you can guess who I'm talking about. Right, so let's try this. Medium Muppets. Right, what's in the Medium Muppet trough, Mr Shaw? Well, firstly, John Terry going to Swansea. That was the first report that struck my eye this week. As a player or a manager? Oh, as, as a manager, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm joking, because I'm just, you know, suggesting that Swansea might need a, a, a decent centre-back. Well, the timeline of events was Swansea's manager, the vacancy became available on the Wednesday. Villa were playing Walsall on the friendly on the Wednesday, and Terry was absent. So, media being what media is. Two plus two is... Yep, two plus two, jigsaw equation, got together there. So they then said, right, John Terry may or may not be interested in the Swansea job, and he may or may not take Jody Morris with him as assistant. This is despite John Terry never having worked with Jody Morris in a management position, because he's Frank Lampard's best buddy and his number two when he goes into anything. And Terry himself previously said, I'm not just going to jump into anything. I've turned down two jobs since I've been at Villa, decent-sized clubs. It's going to take something special for me to leave here. And with all due respect to Swansea and their current position, they're not that special. Oh. God, he couldn't couldn't oh. wait couldn't wait to get a little dig in there on Swansea, could he? This may or may not happen uh, scenario rhetoric is uh, it's been used quite a lot. Oh yeah, uh, Grealish uh, may go to Manchester City or may not. You know, within the same article, he this could hedging. sign. He should sign. He might sign. He could sign. It's like fucking poetic, isn't it? All these stories are hedging themselves now, so you can't call them out later on when they're at, when you you know basically call them out for what they are bullshit. But anyway, but my favourite of the week and uh, we'll leave it at this Birmingham Mail or Birmingham Live or Dead or whatever it's called nowadays never fails to uh, amuse and they've done this several times before a player gets linked to us supposed bid and then this story comes out 
as per usual, just changing the name of the player. Headline, we signed Leon Bailey for Aston Villa this summer and his impact was remarkable. And it's basically an article on, on some square playing football manager with him and uh, playing out a season and then reporting what happened. Uh, I mean, life is surely too precious to waste it on this. Surely, is it? Do you really value that? Have no value for your life that you would waste it on this and then actually waste more time of your precious life. You've only got a certain amount of years on this earth to then write the damn story about this. Come on, it means nothing. It's irrelevant to everybody. Right, (sighs) on to uh, the three points. Meanwhile, while uh, football fans like to uh, spend their time on uh, nonsense, uh, point number one, there is actually, and this is a a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation chance, there's a fan-led government review happening at the moment where it's going in deep. There's a government panel led by uh, MP Tracy Crouch, where I say government panel, it's got various uh, directors uh, of football clubs, it's got somebody from the Football Supporters Association, it's kind of a cross-panel uh, of people uh, invested in uh, football and obviously have uh, come from it at different viewpoints, and it has spoken to various interest groups from uh, Premier League network reps from the Football Supporters Association, which included me. They've spoken to all the way down the pyramids, they've spoken to German clubs about their, uh, or German fans about their 51+, plus. Uh, is it 50 plus one or is it 51? Yeah, it's the ruling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that ruling, uh, women's football organisations, basically they're going through the whole of the football infrastructure with a tooth comb to find out uh, various things. Uh, you know, the role of club owners as temporary custodians of clubs and, you know, which are essentially these clubs are community assets of great value to millions of supporters across the country. Looking at ideas of new rules of club ownership, including the Golden Share, which is a scheme to uh, give fans a veto over major decisions in terms of uh, the likes of, you know, club crests, names and things that are linked to the legacy of the club, etc., etc. I mean, it goes through the whole of, whole of football and the, how it's funded and the, the pyramid structure. So uh, keep an eye out for that. The full, I'll put out an article on the whatmyoldmansaid.com website and you'll be able to link to a, uh, a midterm review of what's actually been said and happening. And, and I believe the full report from the, the panel comes out in October. So uh, look out for that. Meanwhile, in Argentina, point number two, Boca Juniors not happy. They are not. No. <laughs> to the extent that they spent a night on a bus outside a Brazilian police station after it all uh, kicked off in the uh, Copper. It always happens in the Copper Libertadores. Yeah. Uh, they lost a was it penalty shootout to uh, Atletico Mineiro, yeah, which finished uh, scoreless over two legs. Uh, what, what happened? Well, Boca had uh, a goal, two goals disallowed, one on each leg by VAR, very controversially. And then, obviously, then they went on to lose in penalties, but the fight erupted as the players returned to the locker room. Video footage showed members of the team throwing punches and portable railings at security personnel, and a number of the Boga players attempted to get into the Monero dressing room, where it's believed the match officials had taken refuge. Yeah, I've, se- I've seen this video. It it's kind of kicks off, doesn't it? It's properly, yeah. Yeah, it gets worse. The police eventually got involved, firing tear gas at the Boga players, and attempted to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and an attempt to disperse them, but not before uh, 
Monero's 17 year old forward Savio was injured if you can go about in social media you can see a picture of him looks like somebody's giving him a good smack on the nose there because his nose and face is all swollen and bleeding the Boca team president Jorge Amor Amil he didn't make any apologies he said there were two inexplicable rulings that annulled legal goals saying they destroyed the sporting spirit of the continent's most prestigious tournament he said the video had been used in a treacherous malicious way the madness of uh, South American football which has featured a few times in uh, the three points there's also always some salty goings on. My favourite bit of the whole thing is, though, the police were believed to be seeking to arrest at least three of the Boca players, but there's a bit of a negotiation going on behind the scenes, and two of the Boca camp were charged with damage in the property, but they were released after paying bail of uh, 3,000 reyes each. Which is about £420. Yeah, yeah. but £421, I think it works out at. The thing is, Boca didn't have any money on them, so... Depends on the exchange rate. <laughs> The thing is, Boca didn't, didn't have any money on them, so Atletico Monero actually had to pay the bail money to let them out. But, of course, this was soon reimbursed by the, the Argentinian team. So you, you kick off, you wreck the place, and then you have to go cap in hand to the, the team that you've just wrecked <laughs> to get the bail paid to get pay your players out. Best, please. Uh, it makes me, I'm going to switch uh, leagues, I think. This sounds far more exciting. It's always exciting. fun, isn't it, when... Uh... Bocker or River Plate get involved in these competitions. Yeah, what, what was the uh, the last one where they had to play in Spain? It got it got abandoned, didn't it? The local derby. Yeah, uh, it got abandoned. It kicked off so badly. Yeah, I remember that being in the three points. Right, third and final point. Fashion disaster in Italy. Uh, Villa have had a old green kit. Uh, apparently from uh, 2022 to 23 season, Syria A teams will be banned from wearing green kits. This is amid concerns that players will blend in with the grass, as if nobody had ever thought about this <laughs> ever before. Like, you know, Villa have had green kits, away kits, uh, one recently, actually. That was, well, it was the third kit, wasn't it? Yeah. Who else had an infamous green? Yeah, Norwich used to have away kits green. Spurs would put on like last season, I think. Yeah. I mean, in Italy, it's Union Sportiva. Is it Sassuola? Sassuolo, yeah. Sassuola. Calcio is their full name, or Sassuolo, just for short. Will now have to change their club colours, which are green. According to Football Italia, the changes come from concerns by TV companies who felt that green kits made it difficult for viewers who were colourblind to follow the action. As I mean, it's taken them long enough to work that one out, hasn't it? I mean, they've been in Syria, Syria for, uh, I think, since 2013, so... Mad. <laughs> think they'd got to the point where they sorted out the tv thing i mean I remember in the days of the black you know black and white tv well i don't personally remember the days but <laughs> but you know you had to have a bit of contrast i mean that's why remember when villa played in the 57 fa cup final we had this uh one-off shirt which had stripes on it which was i think it's classed as a waist shirt but it was mainly like that, like light blue and then claret stripes just to distinguish itself on uh, on your TV screens, black and white. Anyways, right, before we go on, I just want to say uh, supporting the show as uh, the last few shows, uh, Free Trade, the commission free trading app that makes it easy for you to buy shares on uh, your mobile phone to help you grow your personal wealth. Remember, as with all investments, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio can go up and down and you may get back less than what you invest. 
Unless you're a, a Myomancer patron and you have access to Investo Club, which uh, with our hive mind, hopefully will give people inspiration and knowledge to uh, use things like free trade uh, with a bit more uh, success. Uh, if you sign up to uh, free trade, you get a free share on behalf of Myomancer uh, between the value of £3 and £200. So uh, go to freetrade.io stroke moms m-o-m-s and uh, download the app there and uh, once your account is funded you uh, get the free share which uh, appears uh, i think it takes about a week for it to appear so thank you very much to free trade uh, also uh, just uh, housekeeping please do follow the show on twitter on its designated address my or man said it's not uh, my uh, Twitter address, which is old man said. So there is a dedicated one for the show. And it is, uh, well, I would have had it as my initial address, but it took a couple of years uh, to get. So uh, if you're on Twitter, go to my old man said, at my old man said. And of course, Facebook crew, the Mad Few group. I'll leave the links in the. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Description. Right, let's get on to uh, the main thing. Let's blast through this because I'm sick of talking. Well, I actually haven't spoken about Grealish much, but the first thing, Jack Grealish, he's on holiday. That's why he hasn't appeared. He's played for England. That's why he hasn't appeared. So he's had a good time in Greece, probably I don't know, a few other places as well. Uh, have access to private jet, will travel, I think, is the uh, the motto. Now, I mean, the only facts on this matter from the horse's mouth, i.e. the club, that came at the end of the month. Uh, I think the, the Euros had kicked off when uh, suddenly there were all these headlines Manchester City confirm hundred million deal, blah 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 blah. Then I know you know noticed there was two or three journalists that had said uh, that a, a deal hadn't actually been uh, made and there'd been no contact and uh, Villa were expecting something. And, you know, I, I checked this out with the club and because I, I could tell by the people that were actually putting the tweets out that this had actually come from the club. So just double checking. So at that stage, and I still think this is true up to this point, I don't think Manchester City have made a 
direct bid to the club because they hadn't heard anything at that stage. But at the same time, they had got wind that Manchester City were prepping things. And this is, you know, normally through agents, etc. So the club were in a situation where they'd already instigated talking to uh, Graylish's representation about uh, well, basically making sure if he's unhappy and uh, you know if there's anything uh, if if there is a decision to make help him in that decision in terms of uh, staying at Villa but uh, I mean you know cynically I would be thinking well we've just given him a new deal and uh, he only played two thirds of the season uh, last season after the new deal so he owes his uh, third of the season <laughs> so never mind giving him more money but of course uh, you know we're, we're in a situation now there's a few there's a few factors in play isn't there uh, gents there's uh, I think as, as it was reported back in March Grealish was getting to the end of his night contract so that was expiring so that obviously needs uh, looking at that kind of factors in because there's other possible suitors that have links to potentially have links to Villa potentially have links to Manchester City because Manchester City changed from Nike to uh, Puma in terms of kit provider so all these things are kind of linked in I mean, the thing is, you've got the social media and all of the fanboys and girls uh, really doing the agent's work for him. You know, most of them are calling out, give him a new contract, give him a new contract. And uh, he's in a great position because he's spoken about perpetually. And this is what you want as an agency. I mean, Brand Grealish is uh, getting higher and higher. He is, I mean, judging by, uh, let's say, the female fraternity of social media, he is the new David Beckham. Now my favorite number is seven. Hey, can I be your punch? Cause you're the new big And he's only ever on for five minutes. But that's all it's gonna take me to finish. Woo! Cause I got that Jack, Jack Grealish. Feeling out in my soul. And I get real, real sheepish when he's kicking around that ball. I'm hoping you'll, you'll see this. And make it off with the boys. I know it didn't come home, but maybe. As brand is growing exponentially, isn't it? That's, it just shows you what an international tournament does, even when you don't get used in it as much as maybe you should have been used in it. Yeah, he's transcended yeah. football now. This is a different level. I mean, this is the thing. Uh, you know, you think Grealish is a famous footballer because he's on the Sky adverts or whatever for you know the, the new Premier League season. But there's a whole, whole bigger level in terms of mainstream, let's say, celebrity status. And that's where he's now just, you know, walked through the door of and he is, uh, you know, the next David Beckham elect. I mean, the comparisons to, to uh, Grealish to uh, Gascoigne, you know, fair enough on the pitch, but this is on another level in terms of, you know, it's all that whole kind of uh, pop stardom, uh, teen pop stardom type vibe. Well, he has, he has commercial appeal. Yeah, and this becomes the factor. This uh, negotiations, if there, you know, whatever is happening, there is a, you know, obviously there's a football element to it, but there is now branding and big figures, and that is another element that uh, kind of sways things. Uh, I mean, people don't really realize the power of your, you know, your Nikes, etc. I mean, these are the reason why you have the American tours, and uh, you know, when Premier League clubs go out to do the pre seasons in America, it's normally on the back of Adidas and Nike telling them to so they can shift sales. 
it's building global brands, isn't it? Now, Villa yeah. started it at the, you know, the first season we went into the Premier League. We had a, you know, a short trip out to North America, and I'm sure they would have wanted to last season and this summer. And I'm sure, you know, in summers to come, they'll no doubt try and get back out there. But, but, but on you know, in terms of uh, you know, like for example, Puma would want to uh, you know get Grealish on board just to shift you know shirts. There's a potential conflict there with the Nike thing, and you know, I don't, you know, it's, it's like we're not going to go into the minutiae of how uh, all these. Uh, companies uh how they play out you know if you're sponsored by one team and your club's got another kit supplier etc but there's definitely an element of that in the mix but you know this is kind of old ground in terms of whether he stays or not at the moment you know i'm I'm not the paranoid villa fan who's uh shaking in my bed at night worrying about Grealish because I think he'll be there at the start of the season and you know if he doesn't then that's that's a whole other ball game in terms of how we would reflect on that. Yeah, my, my only take on it, and it's been kind of the same all summer, is I think he'll be there in the start of the season, but let's see where we're at this time next year. If, if Jack has another good season, but Villa don't hit the heights they want to hit, then the goalposts move. But for now, I think he, he you said it loads of times, he fulfilled his personal goals at Villa last season and his goals yeah. for the team. Now it's about the club and himself will want to raise the bar again. He hasn't come out and said exactly what that entails. I'm sure they'll want to be in and around Europe or whatever, but if he can fulfil his goals year on year at Villa, then we remain in a good position. If his ambitions outgrow us, then that's a different story, isn't it? Yeah, but ultimately this isn't, from our perspective, this is not the Jack Grealish story. This is the Aston Villa story. And Aston Villa should now, with Penny, I don't think the Penny's dropped outside of Villa and it hasn't dropped for a lot of people in Villa. We are not, I mean, I've mentioned this before, you know, I've spoken to Wes Edens face-to-face when he first came to the club and when I asked him you know why Villa and not his at the time interest in uh, into Miami it was all about the Champions League and not having that ceiling that uh, MLS had and that is the goal here this is the goal same goal as the Bucks winning the NBA trophy for 50 years he's you know this is what he wants to do he wants to build best good practice he wants to be best in class and best in class Best in show. Well, you can see that already in what they've done off the field and the yeah. way they've acted and, and what they've done at Bodymore Heath and all these sorts of things. These are great barometers, including what he's done with the books. It's about having, having like a high-class culture from top to bottom of the organisation. And and create, you know, creating the foundations. There's no way Aston Villa jump into Europe from where we were straight away. No. You have to build the infrastructure around, and you're seeing that in, in you know the, the fitness centre at Bodymore Heath, the Bodymore Heath expansion the academy and how they've been really aggressive on the academy recruitment. And actually doing things. I mean, yeah. in the past, there's lots of talk and, oh, maybe this will happen if this happens, lots of ifs and buts. And we're actually behind the scenes. You actually, and, you know, this is even with bloody COVID, uh, COVID pandemic happening. You're actually seeing uh, the roots and the foundation started to uh, solidify and we're not on our knees to Jack Grealish, please stay, please stay. You know, we'll be nothing without you. This is like, this is a great opportunity for Jack Grealish. This is my take on it. He can be part of a team that, if they won something, it would be a different level of how you feel when you win something than just signing for Manchester City and they hand you a you know league title medal pretty much straight away. I mean, you know, it's easy. That is, that's I, there's no soul in City anymore, and I apologise to any Manchester City fans apart from the modern day ones. But there's no, uh, there's no, there's no real soul to it. It's like, yeah, sign here, job done. I don't, I don't want the journey. I don't want the emotion of sport anymore. I just want some silverware. So uh, good for my self esteem. 
as I mentioned, the Totti quote says it all. And I think this is what the owners and, you know, proofs in the pudding. They're, they're going to have to finish higher than bloody 11th uh, to justify that. But again, you know, we spoke. I spoke to Perslow and the goal is Europe. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that was stated just to shake some of these Villa fans who will make excuses to say, oh, at least we stayed up this season. That, that mentality does not get this team anywhere. That mentality does not keep your best players. We are now uh, looking to uh, fast track and actually walk like the club we're meant to be. Yeah. And ultimately, it's about, you know, stop talking to good. I mean, I need personal said this numerous times at events and stuff, you know. You know, we can talk about it all we want, but at some point, we actually have to be judged by our actions. And, you know, they're making moves, but now, you know, you've got to get results. And, you know, in terms of Grealish, these, you know, he's somebody now, when when you got somebody of his kind of status now, the press will write stories every day because they know people click them. Yeah. The start of this month, you know, we're now uh, coming up to the end of the month. I haven't read any of these articles on Grealish, and he's still here. So, uh, you know, don't waste your time and don't, you know, retweet TalkSport because what they're doing, they get some random... They get Sean Gota saying, it's done, it's done. Fuck, you what? You know, you'll retweet it with your comment, oh, this is a load of bollocks. Well, that's exactly, you've fallen into the trap. That's exactly what they want you to do. Just chill and uh, we'll have the conversation if he leaves. Of course we will. But uh, at the moment, he's a Villa player and the Villa team... Buendia coming in, Young coming in. I mean, it's not easy to uh, get players in when you've got a team of ambition and other clubs know that you've got uh, owners with money because obviously they're going to try to pull your pants down at every opportunity. So uh, sometimes, unless you get in there and act swiftly like we, we did with Buendia and the, the Young thing came out of nowhere, sometimes you know they play uh, the old Mexican standoff until the end uh, transfer deadline day just to see who you know who blinks first so we'll see what happens financially financially I don't think we'll be blinking <laughs> if, if they leave it till the last minute if, if a team was to say come in for Jack last minute a club would go no chance if we can't replace him in this time he's not going fucking anywhere you can stick your money up your ass Man City or anyone else we don't need to sell him financially it's just if, if Grealish wants to go and if Grealish wants to go then I think he's made a big mistake because uh, and I don't think he does we'll just print up some fucking we'll get a 3D printer out and we'll print him some medals if he wants to win him because <laughs> because that's he's going to feel the same way as me handing over a fake league championship medal and a Champions League medal than playing for Manchester City and winning them because it's not really much of an achievement is it? And achieving something where you are the main man. Yeah you may as well play football manager like the rest of them. Yeah exactly but you know I think if you know for starters if Grealish wins the FA Cup considering uh, his family heritage in that department that would be a a massive thing uh, for the Grealish family for starters and you know that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about legacy, emotion and uh, he is one of the only players potentially in this whole Premier League that has a boyhood club that has I mean you know anybody who's not a Villa fan here will be like laughing saying you got got a fucking chance of winning anything but that's because we're still under the radar it's a rare situation boyhood club and we're talking a bigish you know we're talking a big force in terms of size and you know the fan base we've never had a waiting list before it's now like nudging up to fifteen thousand they finally cracked it uh, Wes Edens and uh, Suarez they've got the money we've got the fan base. We're starting very much to get the team. Look at the England internationals that are starting to pop up now, the Argentinian internationals, Brazilian internationals. I mean, this this is going somewhere. So uh, hold on to your hats, kids. 
Uh, moving on to uh, the second kind of theme, the uh, transfer picture. I mean, this is something we'll talk about later on. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is uh, Perslow, uh, the CEO, did say in that meeting we had with him uh, in the summer that this was a transfer window of two or three players. Now, the only thing I can't pin down is that, is that the two or three players on top of Buendia, because he was signed at that stage, as was Young, I think. Or is this in total? I don't think there's going to be a, like a influx of bodies. So I think they are going for the quality ones because they really want to push on for Europe. I never bought the, uh, the Smith-Rowe situation for one minute because if Arsenal rate him, there's no way they're going to let him go. If he's not that good, there's no way Villa are going to pay thirty million for I think any twenty-year-old really. Bear in mind, this is one that hasn't. He's not like ripping it up. No, he's he's, he's a good young player, but he's not like the, the main man at Arsenal, is he? Let's be honest. Yeah, and if Villa are prepared to pay thirty million, which I don't think they were, there's no way Arsenal would let such a player go when he's in their grasp, and he's obviously a gunner through and through by some of the things he's you know he's always said about the club and how he wants to be a one-club player and you know be a legend, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I didn't even see how this had legs and it carried on and carried on. I don't know. Uh, I think, you know, from the point of fun of winding up Arsenal fans, I was like, yeah, fair enough. It's quite it's fun in that respect because we're normally on the receiving end of that kind of uh, shenanigans. But, you know, when Ars- when he signed a new contract for Arsenal, it was like, oh, that's the biggest surprise in the world. But then some, you know, Arsenal TV putting out memes of him drinking Aston Villa fans' tears. And it's like, well, actually, any Villa fan with half a brain knew this was never going to happen and never even considered it as an option and, and, you know, would actually raise the question, how would he get in the team? Which he wouldn't. In the initially, yeah. So uh, I don't think there's anything to see there. In terms of the other ones, I think, you know, Leon Bailey... Julian Al- Alvarez, I think they'd probably go for one of these. Uh, let's say the it de- depends what formation you're playing, but they're more. They're both of them three, are more three. sort of ver- yeah. They're more versatile forward players. They're more like in the mould of Watkins. They're the number nines and they can play out wide. The three behind Watkins, basically the interchangeable. Yeah, four two three one on it basically. Either like in a four three three, and the front three being a bit more dynamic and swapping around, but or if you got three behind the the let's say Watkins for argument's sake just something that you know reminds me I think we mentioned this before that when uh, I think Houllier utilised it where you had Downing Albrighton and Ashley Young playing behind Bent or you know Gabby and swapping wings and it keeps it flexible and it's pretty good for Grealish as well because it makes him harder to man mark if he's permanently kind of flipping around so I think they're looking for a player of another level above your Al Ghazi's to uh, fit that role. So I think that's why uh, Leon Bailey, uh, Julian Alvarez have uh, have kind of uh, got into that. But Bailey can play down the middle, can't he, as well? He plays as a nine for Leverkusen, but can yeah. play out wide. Obviously, he's a left-footed player, but ridiculously quick. Yeah. Very, very direct. There's, I mean, there's been reports of a 25 million bid rejected. If that's truth, then you would probably... Uh, expect Villa need to throw at least five or ten more on the fire probably to uh, pull that one through but you can see his agent's been uh, touting, touting him out there because you know he's also been linked to Everton and Leicester and you know other Premier League clubs they obviously know the Premier League's where the money is so there's a certain level of club he's not getting your Manchester United your Manchester Cities so it's kind of that level below that uh, the agent's been knocking on the door with uh, Julian Alvarez obviously the another Argentinian in the mix could be interesting yeah well I mean he's as the agent um, it's, it's been claimed that his agent Fernando Hildago uh, was set to meet with Villa representatives um, 
Alvarez was part of the Copa America winning squad for Argentina, and he played. He plays anywhere across the front line. Stats last season: four goals and set up seven in just twenty appearances. So he fits the profile that Villa are looking for. Young, maybe not um, on the very, very top tier of players. I mean, his age is on the. Uh, the we've you know he basically sets him up to having plenty of upside on the pitch and uh, hopefully financially as well. But we shall see. I mean, I, in terms of, I, I think we, we've got to get that bloody striker in. That striker that's been elusive for almost two seasons. When we got Wesley, we needed another striker. Because what would we do if he got injured? Well, he got injured and we found out we had to play a few games with uh, without a centre forward before we got Samata. And, uh, you know, some people would argue we were still in the same position. We <laughs> were still playing yeah. without a centre forward, weren't we? One goal in, I think it was against Bournemouth in 14 uh, league games. So uh, then we go into last season and... We were allegedly, well, personally said it in one of these fan consultation meetings, you know, we were close for having a perfect winder, and that seemed to suggest we did miss out on Callum Wilson, which I think if we had him and Watkins, I think we'd be sorted out in terms of uh, that forward position. So we were running the risk of what happens if Watkins uh, gets injured, which I think they're relying on, well, we've got our £20 million Wesley man back this season, so it should be all right, but he's still... uh, it's a long way back still for him. Yeah, and you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't put all your money on him at the moment. Uh, still, you know, no. fiery character, and as you know, as we saw in the in the Stoke game when he got, uh, well, he was off within uh, seven minutes. But uh, but yeah, him and Davis aren't aren't. Uh, if you were looking for Europe, and then suddenly Watkins gets injured in the first, let's say, I don't want to put a number on it because it'll be cursed but let's say early season then you're thinking ash that's potentially our ambitions up in smoke there so uh that should be the thinking what happens if watkins gets injured does that mean we're not going to qualify for europe if answer is yes then by striker now yeah yep it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of simple you know we, we, we're i think the team and the squad is in a good shape but there is still holes in our depth yeah, I mean, you've got to be able to in a to be in a position if you like, for example, if you're chasing the game, to be able to play two up top. I don't know. Maybe you want to go for the old uh, three centre backs because we've got decent wing back potential in the players that we've actually got. So especially with Ashley Young as well. Now we've actually got yeah. guys on both sides. We've probably got two in each position who can play wing back. Yeah, so that would well, give you uh, a chance to play two up top if you need to switch it if you're chasing the game or whatever. It's just having two decent. You know, we can't label Wesley as decent at the moment because there were question marks. I mean, funny enough, uh, the Burnley game that he got injured, you're watching the first half there and you were actually thinking, finally, it's actually looking like it's going to click here. You know, there was some great movement. You know, Grealish was relishing it and Wesley was looking good. And then uh, it all went to shit within, uh, you know, a few minutes. But yeah, that's my uh, that's the kind of top of my list. And then, you know, you've got the, maybe that fourth centre back, but you can see that Villa are looking at the youth uh, team, I mean, Bogart played against Stoke. To maybe, right, if we don't get a, let's say, a decent level additional centre back in, then at least we've got that kind of cover. And maybe, you know, a player will have a chance to be fast tracked. But uh, I think striker, and then if we can get one of these players, you know, that, you know, whether it's Bailey or, or, or whoever, that's probably around the 25, 30 million mark, that is an upgrade in short over Al Ghazi. And then I'd imagine as well, we'll probably try and get another goalkeeper. Yeah. There will be a, there will be a replacement with obviously Heaton and Kalinich both out the door. Yeah. We'll have to remember there's only, t- there's only 25 places in the squad. So. 
we're probably getting close to that already. But we'll talk about in uh, the next pod about how uh, Villa improve uh, next season upon uh, the last season gone. Just finally, any uh, we're not going to go through those preseason games uh, because they don't really tell you much. It's just you know it's getting up for speed. But is there any insights that uh, you guys got from watching Warsaw and Stoke games? I think it was it was good to sort of see very early flashes of what Buendia can bring to the the table from a sort of a more central role. You saw in both games, you know, regardless of the result, you saw certain patterns of play with Buendia wanting to get involved and play much more off a striker and really run the game in a more advanced position. You know, it was lots of little passes around the penalty area, which I, I personally really like to see us play like that. I think it's quite good when you see us play a little bit a little bit more at pace, play through the lines of opposition's midfield. Admittedly, you know, you're playing against Warsaw and Stoke. But it's someone who can get on get on the ball and run the game. The two passes from Buendia at um, Bescott for the um, the Watkins goals were brilliant, especially the second ball. Yeah, I mean, I thought Stoke were very comfortable in that game. They, they looked well marshaled. Two great goals, weren't they, as well? Great goals. They looked well marshaled. Their defence uh, had a bit of speed in it because Watkins, when it looked like he was a bit, just about to break free, was run down uh, both yeah. times. So, uh, you know, worth putting a, a, a wager on them getting promoted because they, you know, they barely stayed up last season, if I, my memory serves me. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how Buendia fits in once Jack's back, once you get someone like either Target or Ashley Young, who I'm sure will come on to in a minute. You get these little triangles and you get these creative players scheming. You know, we saw what Jack, Target and... Um, Barkley did last year. Buendia looks like a very similar player. He wants to get his foot on the ball and make things happen. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of giving us something a bit more in terms of control through the middle because we have tended to focus attacking via the yep. wings and this is gives us a completely different dynamic. Now, the good news here is here and as soon as we signed him, I thought, right, the, this is the key to unlocking Watkins to the next level because Watkins, from the evidence that I saw last season, is got to be a 20-goal-a-season Premier League striker. I mean, he was close to where he was, but there were certain games where we weren't really utilising him and you saw what Buendia can, you know, he can spring him from deep through the middle or when he gets gets in there and he he actually supports. And that's only going to help Watkins. And, you know, Buendia's link-up play with Timo Puki for uh, Norwich. I mean, in in the Premier League season, when they were, you know, they were a bit of a flunky team and they got relegated before they'd even kicked a ball. You know, they had a league-high 23 chances uh, created Buendia to uh, Puki to finish uh, in terms of a single link up. Now, if you can get uh, Watkins and Buendia on that kind of telepathic level, then you know you've got something special here, and that's without even you know factoring in uh, what he's going to do in terms of working with Grealish as well. I think it takes a little bit of the load off Jack, and, and another big one as well is is, is where we're going to actually what role will Ashley Young have? Now, I just think he's going to be a very smart signing in terms of a utility player, but will he, do they think he can be a left-back or can he be a right-back? Probably both. He can probably play in a more, more advanced position. He could probably play as a number six in midfield if he really had to. A really useful player. You've, you know, I think he started both the, the pre-season games at left-back, mainly because Target's not been fit yet. But it's you know, do we see him as a starter or do we see him more like Elmo, where he's a player who you know you can bring off the, you know, the bench in a big game and he'll get the job done? I wouldn't be comparing him to Elmo on this podcast. You know what I mean? It's someone who you can play in a number of positions. That, he is your utility player, whether you like it or not. Elmo no, was a utility come on, player. Come on, come on. Young's he, a level up. Come on, he's, he's levels up. Yeah, yeah but if, if, 
a utility player is a utility player. Level, keep you know, digging, young, keep digging. I'm not fucking digging, I'm right. <laughs> young, young's, a, young's a level up, but it's the same thing. It's a player who can play in a number of positions. Now, he plays those positions better than Elmo, but you do need that player, and he's experienced, and he's the guy you can throw on when a game's either going very well and you want to kill it, or when you've got to change things and you need someone who can make things happen. You'd mentioned... If we signed another Elmo about, level... Got someone who can uh, actually deliver a fucking good ball as well. He's not giving up the mic, is he, Phil? <laughs> Well, what I'm talking over <laughs> me then, fuck's sake! I'd, I'd say, point and I'll shut up. He loves I'd Elmo. Say, yeah, I'd say Ashley. For me, Ashley Young, it's a real culture shock to see him in a Villa shirt at left back, and you're going, "What the fuck are you doing there, Ashley? You're too deep. You're too deep." Yeah, get and then forward. You, yeah, you have to remember that he's played probably the last five years of his career as like a wing back. So that once you get over that shock, I, I mean, yeah. I'd be, I'd be starting him now. I'd be starting him ahead of El Ghazi, and I like El Ghazi. It's not a you know a slight on him. I just think Young gives you more. There's definitely more sort of creativity in his brain i think the the narrative went when he first popped up as a sign it was like oh he'll give us cover at left back and right back and then i'm thinking well hang on a minute trezeguet's out injured i would say you'd miss half a season so i'm thinking yeah. uh well there's your cover straight away in a, in a pretty savvy move because as he's you know as chris said he does cover a number of positions but he's also that wily head that we've always spoken about on the podcast that you need on you know even if he's on your bench or whatever somebody who's when you bring him on as a supporter you think right young's on now you know we've got a chance to do something different here and we haven't it's just, we haven't it's just, had it's that. a level head isn't it we had it in the championship but yeah let's break it down to real yeah. brass tacks it's a decent player to bring on and we haven't had yeah. that we're bringing on ramsey davis and these players are not i mean you can be a young player and be dynamite and exciting those players are almost it's, they're, they're almost like filling in the numbers and they'll give a decent performance but they're not coming on at 1-1 and you're not thinking oh that you know now we're going to get you know now we're going to snatch a goal agreed it's the steadiness but it's also the that little bit of quality at the right time i think you know if you need a good delivery from a set piece or a corner or even if you want him to play more advanced he can do that or if you want him to be solid and just shore up your defensive side of things he can do that it's just having bankers isn't it a little bit we've said it for a number of years and if you need somebody to take a tumble in the opposition's uh, 18 yard box and there's yeah. that as well there's that as well he does have history <laughs> it's a special power special power i like to and think he does have a tendency to pop up with big goals at key moments if i remember from his previous spell at the club he's the new hurahan he's got end product yeah Right. Any anything else? I th- I, the other one is obviously. I think the Canberra will probably start the season, won't he? Maybe I think he, th- he looked pretty sharp in both games. Um, obviously, Louise won't be won't be around for the start of the season, but I think he's deserving. And he actually ended the season very well. You know, whenever he played last season, he came in and did really well. And I think if we've gone and bought Buendia and we want to play more sort of progressive football, you do need that genuinely sort of defensive midfielder. As Louise is probably a bit more. Yeah, wants to play with the ball. I think the camber's probably better without it, which might give us a little bit more balance. Yeah, I mean, he, and he certainly uh, came up roses in the the Spurs and Chelsea game at the end of the season. Yeah. He was being played when we had to play, a, let's say, a decent team when we we needed somebody to try to break them up a bit. So I would, yeah, I would probably expect him to uh, start, and then it's all just a matter of finding out who's playing where in terms of McGinn and uh, Traore because. If we get another player in, let's say, an advanced midfield position, then suddenly, you know, people are going to need to take the chop. Yeah. Then it gets interesting. Just one last thing, observations from uh, the preseason game. I did like that little burst of madness that Frederick Gilbert had, where he seemed to be playing every position in the space of <laughs> in the space of it's a like, minute. It's like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> it's like popped up a centre forward. He was on the right wing. He was in centre midfield. 
and he popped up as centre forward. It was like, wow, yeah. is is he just auditioning to get in anywhere in this team? I, I mean, I, I like Gilbert. I think it was a shame he kind of went out on loan actually last year. I think we probably could have used him actually. We when obviously we missed out, you know, when Cash was injured and yeah. um, suspended, which now we know what Cash's injury history is like and his disciplinary is like. I think Gilbert. As long as he bides his time, he will get game time this year. Yeah, I think, you know, Cash, I think we will give you 30 games easily, but there will, I think, uh, Gilbert will actually uh, get the odd league game and then obviously the cup games as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's reasonably reliable and got something to prove. And it's always good to have guys with something to prove. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's that's how you want this squad. You don't want a first 11 and you just almost just putting players on because the players on the pitch are getting tired you actually want to put on players because they give you something different or maybe yeah. something better and I don't as much as I think we've had you know a, a very um, flourishing youth setup I still don't necessarily think a lot of those kids are there as like absolute bankers yet you know, they've still got like development to do and you're going to still want to sort of blood them slowly rather than throwing them in straight away and going right we need you to deliver now yeah well the ambition is this is where we want to get we yeah. we need to be challenging now for Europe, and so you know we're not carrying passengers. So if you're good enough, then you'll see action. But yeah. if you're not, then you're going to have to fight your way in. Phil Shaw, anything to say, Phil Shaw? We we have we've had you on the bench in the last five minutes or so. No, it's it's okay. It's because uh, I agreed with most of it. The only thing I would say is the the Stoke game just had a slight alarm bell with it. It's that sort of team again, isn't it? It's a team that's well organized, well drilled, that takes an early lead. It's just that's the hurdle that we'll have to get over, and no doubt that um, that'll be noticed by the management staff again. That it's just, it's just again, it's that kind of organized, drilled, unfashionable team. No matter how physical, weren't they? Yeah. To be fair. They bullied us. So maybe that's yeah. the answer. Maybe it's a physical team that we have a problem with rather than a, a well-disciplined team. Yeah, as a, as a test, I would have liked to have seen Grealish and Buendia in the team against that Stoke team going 1-0 down in the way we did, just to see how we go about that uh, issue that you've just uh, highlighted there. Right, there's plenty of time to talk about all kinds of things uh, in this hypothetical phase that is uh, pre-season at the moment. I just want to give a big shout-out to the Myoman Said patrons. Thank you very much for supporting the show and for uh, joining us in Match Club already for uh, two pre-season games. Also joining us in uh, the other clubs within Match Club as well. So thank you very much for that. Match Club will be uh, expanding as the other clubs uh, bear testament to. And uh, there's a few uh, fresh things uh, for the new season coming ahead. So please do consider supporting the show and also getting access to uh, the Mons Patreon podcast extra channel shout out to grant uh, little as well for signing up as a uh, patron thank you very much to him also if you want to sign up uh, as an annual member you will get uh, two months off uh, which equates to about 15 percent. so go to myomansaid.com click on the patron link on the menu that's in the uh, top left hand corner if you're on a mobile device and find out more details there also subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you listen to so you get notifications for when new shows drop and don't forget our sponsors free trade uh, if you get their app you get a free share and if you're a patron you can join us as we walk hand in hand into investo club and hopefully to uh, long-term wealth and a brighter future we all need something to look forward to i think at this stage brighter future it also includes villa winning silverware by the way right anything else to add gentlemen as we uh skip off nothing nope. for me phil's managed to cool down now the heat wave has hopefully passed just about don't forget that after sun right <laughs> until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them
Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.